We resume our adventure, with the party waking up from a long-deserved rest. Not everything was all sunshine and rainbows, as the group soon realized that they felt exhausted and devoid of energy from their night's sleep. Going downstairs to the scent of a wonderful breakfast being made, plates of food being th thrust in front of them by none other than Lacutus. The otherworldly being came in to check and marvel at the survival instincts of the party. Assuring them that he did not in fact kill the innkeeper, he divulged he was fast asleep while making food. Helping the weary innkeeper up and sending him to a room to rest, the party thought of going to a local bathhouse to further recuperate. That's when the party began to notice it was not just them and the innkeeper who were groggy. It seems that the whole town was also suffering from this strange exhaustion. Getting settled in different rooms at the bathhouse, Key and Thrym sharing the larger heated bath, had a chance encounter with a drunkard of a dwarf who gladly shared the group room with our large allies. Edwin, the down-on-his-luck dwarf, chatted a bit. Through conversation, it was found out he did not seem to suffer the same fate as the rest of the town. Gossip also revealed that two rich families were supposed to be joined with a marriage, but it had fallen apart about a week ago. After rushing out with a small enchanted box that stored the dwarf's food, the party encountered a squad of soldiers. Upon seeing their faces, it was clear they were the same automatons as Cuddy, their sentient Warforged friend. A bit later, they found themselves at the large foundry and forge that belonged to Charles Fern. This particular dwarf was angry, as his son Orin was supposed to have married Don Quirrell, until later she was found with her head caved in. Orin said he found her like that, and it had been written off as a wild animal attack. Orin watched the adventurers as they asked questions and perused the shopfront of the foundry. Shortly after, Orin had followed the group and pulled them into a secluded area between houses in the north of town. He offered the group a large sum of gold to help him. Orin had admitted to the party that he had killed Don. Panic and concerned about wanting to marry her for the sake of his father, he rushedly explained to the party that he knew her spirit had come back and was feeding upon the town, witnessing her spirit visage to uh, to himself. Oh, I wrote that wrong. Orin knew her spirit had come back and was feeding on the town, witnessing her himself. He alluded to her body being kept at a local crypt. Weighing their options, Nyx, with the support of the group, decided to end Orin's life and hide his body for the crime he had committed. Nyx convinced the group to head a bit north of town to try to get a good night's sleep, and then to come back to eliminate the spirit remaining. On their way out of town, a cutty automaton ran into the group as they left, asking if they had seen the box belonging to Edwin, the dwarf from the bathhouse. Thrym gave up the enchanted item, and they moved on. Walking out of town in the afternoon, our group found a site for a camp at the bottom of the cliffs to the north of Mirabar. And that is where our tale continues. So you guys had chosen a nice little cubby hole that gave you... Uh, a lot of cover away from the city gate to the northwest town. Um, the area around you, up above you, are like 30-foot cliffs that you know lead off into the area uh, where the caves were that you would come out of. Um, early early in this afternoon, you're hearing uh, shouting and picks and occasionally like 
subtle booms coming from the uh, the mountainside near you, uh, indicating that the the wheels of industry were turning up up above you. Uh, around you, it seems like it's a nice clearing, uh, a pretty obvious area of where you could set up a campfire if you wanted to, and this seems like a pretty good place to set up camp. To set up camp? I thought we already had set up camp. Whichever you want. Was this the morning after or the night before? The the day of you traveling out there. It only took you about 15 to 20 minutes to arrive at your location. It took us 15 to 20 minutes to walk four miles? That's not four miles. I thought our plan was to be a couple miles out of town. What's say the rest of the group? I did think that was the plan. Like, I thought we chose that spot so we were a couple miles outside the barrier of the city trying to get ourselves away from whatever this spirit being was. Yeah, I didn't put a scale marker on that. That would have only been like 15-20 minutes outside of the city. But we can certainly retcon it since we haven't done any content yet. So you guys looking for a similar spot Look at the other map real quick. Would you guys wanted to still venture northwest out of town, or uh, to the uh, to the west of Mirabar? There is a forest you could lurk into if you so sought that area. Cax had mentioned the forest in this area and this are kind of dangerous, mm-hmm. so I would say we were probably headed up the mountain. Okay. To the north. Not a problem. We can totally retcon that. Easy peasy. If anyone else has an opinion, speak up. Nah. I don't like thinking. <laughs> that ain't what Key does. Nah, Key's got the swisher. That's right. Swatter. I don't like putting wrinkles in my brain. Uh, would you guys so so you guys take uh you take the path up towards where you guys had left the uh the cave system um and still traveled up to the ridge and uh overlooking the area behind the ridge uh maybe 20 miles to the north it seems like a, a mountain ridge line uh kind of stretches from west to east uh, farther than your eyes can see um Presuming that Nyx is sharing his world map, uh, you guys recognize that as uh, kind of the border of the the mountainous region called the Spine of the World, where it gets increasingly more hostile the more north you go of that mountain ridge line. Um, But you guys kind of go down behind the caves, and it does enter into kind of a a flat plain, uh, not a lot of trees, uh, occasional groups of them here and there, but it's mostly uh, dry, like, rugged grass that kind of deals with the occasional frost. Uh, You guys are definitely noticing on this side of that ridge a pretty big temperature difference as the cold air is coming down from the spine of the world. Okay. Can work with that. Cax, do you feel... 
like we might be secure here? Uh, uh, there's kind of a lot of opening. Um, <clears throat> you can, you can kind of see for miles. Right. While that may not offer us cover, it also offers any ban- doesn't offer any bandits any cover either. That's as long as we do shifts, staying on watch, we should be fine to recover here. No, I I, I see what you mean. I suppose you're right. I threw a red circle on the map above Mirror Bar, where I kind of would assume you guys are at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this not actually in the mountain range, but. Mm-hmm. This certainly isn't where I would ambush somebody, but it wouldn't be my first place to think about not being ambushed either. I mean, it's about we... as safe as we can get from that spirit. That's also true. We just came from the fire plane, so I don't think we're going to see anything worse than we just went through. That's also true. DM, what time of day is it? Like, yeah, at this point where you guys have had to ch- travel over the ridge and kind of go through some rough terrain, it's the sun is starting uh, to set in uh, to the west of you. Um, okay. So, six o'clock or so, five or six. Given how exhausted we are, gentlemen, do we want to start taking shifts and resting now? Yeah. I'll take first shift. I'll join you in a few hours. Just wake me up whenever you need me. Wake him up. Oh, you go, go. All right, now, uh, Cax, you're taking a little little resty rest, too? Mm-hmm. Cool. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Are you guys just camping out under the stars with your sleeping bags? I would I say so. To buy a tent. You didn't even have a, a sleeping bag in your in your kit. No, I just forgot to buy a tent. Oh. Um, if anyone's got any wood, I can make us a fire. Nope. I'm looking at my inventory right now. I don't have anything that's useful for actually camping except for a bedroll. That is yep. useful. Although, no. DM, will you allow me this? Maybe. What do you I want to take like three or four of my torches, teepee them up, and make a, a um, make a fire out of them. Because I assume they're wood-handled torches. They're wood-handled torches? Yeah, you would... You kind of look at it, and, and basic survival instincts will tell you you got to probably gather some extra kindling uh, to keep it going for a while. I have a tinderbox for that. And I have pressed the digitation, which allows me to create or snuff out a small fire. Yeah, but the fuel to keep it going, like, how long did you want to keep that going? Just until you guys fell asleep, or? Well, initial warmth. Probably don't need much. We're from the Underdark. Like, Thrum and I don't need much. Just enough to keep the frost off us. Westies. I've got ten torches, and I don't need them because I have dancing lights. Plus, I have that armor that resists cold. 
uh, temperature, right? I think temperature. We, yeah, yeah, temperature, not damage. Yeah, you. Yeah, you're the only one who doesn't seem to have a little bit of a chill on you. Everyone else kind of. You guys aren't shivering per se, but it's starting to like your skin is starting to feel it pretty bad now. How long does dancing lights last? Oh, wrong button. Only lasts for a minute. <laughs> You're just constantly like, bink, bink, bink. Yep, I'm gonna just keep like blinking dancing lights in front of me to make a little... <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, for those that aren't accustomed to the cold, I can make a small fire out of my torches, and... I don't know. I'll burn them all if I have to. Maybe. Your torch is not mine, man. Feel free. As long as the DM will allow it, yeah, I'll burn, I'll, I'll burn my torches for the night. Get those out of my fucking inventory. Sure thing. Yeah, one one less thing to clutter it all up. <laughs> Seriously, I, I don't need them. I have dancing lights. I have built-in torches. So I'll just mix those out. LOL. You also have Globert. You don't know where Globert is. That's a secret weapon. No, you guys didn't roll well enough on your perception check, so you never saw what I did with Glowbert. Well, I, I saw he was missing. That was it. Yeah. I just didn't care enough to ask. Someone cast Shatter on Nyx. Explode Glowbert. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> destroy his magical focus. Why do you hate Glowbert? Oh, I don't. Neither does Cax. It's the only thing that brings a Nick's happiness. The slightest bit of happiness. <laughs> Nick's isn't allowed a pet. He's like the That's worst what... familiar you could have. I also... Dark snail. I'm, I'm just straight up enjoying the fact that I we got more question about killing a, a small glowing snail than we did about killing a uh, a dwarven boy. I was... I was from last session... <laughs> I was going to get there once the RP took the turn. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as uh, as Nyx is setting all that up, um, you guys, so you guys are good with just falling asleep. Is there anything else you want to do before you guys nod off? Uh, <clears throat> so Thren's going to turn to Nyx and be like, so what's your plan? I've got a shriveled dwarven corpse. Oh, we'll we'll deal with the shriveled dwarven corpse later. It's sitting in the bag of holding. But it can I, sit there for a little while. It's true, but like, you do have some type of plan, right? I kind of figured he'd be bait for something else down the road. I don't know. Okay. Why are you concerned about it? You collect parts of dead things all the time. Well... That dude was, uh, his dad was a high-ranking member in that city. They're gonna know he's missing. Okay, so they know he's missing, they'll never find him. We left no evidence, and he's in a bag of holding, and he can only be retrieved if someone thinks to look in a bag of holding and recall the item. True. But we're new in town. Is my boy in here? He just reaches in. And we also were just there questioning about this stuff. Alright, fine. 
Oren seemed to think that the spirit of his ex-fiance is the one causing the problems in town. Yeah. What if, during that encounter, if we do happen to stumble upon said spirit, we kind of drop the body and say that, I don't know, he'd followed us there, got caught in the crossfire, and ended up getting killed by the spirit? That could work. But we also have to deal with robots, so that could also not work. Yeah, only if they're present. And we know they're defective. So we can immediately say that whatever report they're giving is faulty. Yeah, we just might have to kill a few of them, which, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's just another faceless creature under our thumb. Yep. Hey, Thrym, as long as I've got you awake. Key, come over here for a second. I'm gonna walk over. Yep. Guys, let's, uh... Let's let Cax sleep tonight. But let's not make him do a pull shift. Okay. Right. We know we know how uncomfortable he is being in this area. Maybe it's maybe it's better to let him rest and not have to sit up for a portion of the night worrying about his old team coming up and slitting his throat. Alright. I'll take first. Thrum, you got second. You finish out the night. Next. Oh, I'll only be down for four hours, so. Yeah, my shift's two, his shift's two, your shift's four. That's fine. Works awesome. for me. Are you, like, talking in a hushed voice, or are you just, like, like, at general talking level, a little bit away from where, like, everyone's laying down and sleep, or where everyone would be laying down and sleeping. See, I'm kind of assuming that Cax is just spacing the fuck out, staring at the fire I've created. And I've pulled these guys, like, 15, 20 feet away, and I'm, I'm speaking in a low tone. I'm trying, not, like, whispering and trying to be secretive about it. I don't really care if Cax overhears me, but... So yeah, I'm Cax not trying to make it obvious. Cax would probably be laying down uh, like feet towards the fire and looking up and watching the the like sunset start to drift across the sky and he'd he would say just loudly enough to where you guys could hear it fairly clearly <clears throat> do you do you guys think that we did the right thing we, we did just murder some kid. Like, in cold blood. That... That was kind of messed up. I mean, I would have done it, but... That doesn't mean it was the right thing. I don't know. Like, he's talking to himself, but loudly to where you guys can hear it too. And almost to the air. Um not expecting a response really and that's then that's all he says and he just keeps laying there looking at the looking at the sky as it shifts from what would probably be a a deep blue to purple to red as the sun starts to set in the north in the west i'd assume mm -hmm. i'm assuming that it's gonna set the same way that it would on earth on earth rather 
What is no. hers? <laughs> no, the sun sets in the south. Deal with it. <laughs> what the fuck? This planet's so fucky. And it rises in the south as well. <laughs> it just gets up yeah. to noon gets and it starts and going back, back down. <laughs> it just gets straight up and then it just goes right back down. It's Lucidius' yo-yo. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes he does a nice around the world real quick and the sun woo! Five minutes. It's in the sky for five minutes one day and you're like, oh. Real fucking he, look, he looks around yeah. after he does it. He goes, hey, you guys see that? He looks around. There's like no one around him. Aw. <laughs> what if he does a cat's cradle? Oh, oh we're, fuck. We're fucked. <laughs> There's sun yeah. all over the place. <laughs> ah! Like that uh, thought experiment. If the Earth stopped rotating suddenly and everything just gets flung out at like 8,000 miles an hour or whatever. <laughs> Ejected, bitch. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> <laughs> Campaign over. Yeah, Lakutus just looks around and like awkwardly whistles as he just walks away from the planet. <laughs> the entire planet's been obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Key, you're taking first shift. Yep. Uh, go ahead and roll me a perception for your take a look see at disadvantage because you are exhausted and I remembered. Well, I have a 20 and a 14. Nice. So your stint of, of looking around, it, it's getting a lot chillier. Um, your metal plate armor is not helping you in this at all. Um, but kind of keeping near the, uh, the, the grouped up torches is kind of helping you go. It, it's a very clear night. Like, you've got the stars shining brightly above you. Um, no uh, kind of light pollution from the settlement to kind of sully it. And it it is, like, almost eerily lonely where you guys are. Like, your, your, your torchlight goes out, and that's where your night vision, your dark vision kicks in. And it's just, you feel like you're a, you're a tiny ball of light in this... The entire blanket of darkness. Um, besides that, uh, everybody else seems to be rather comfortable. Nix, how are you? You're, you're sitting up doing your meditation thing. Do you have, like, your sleeping bag bundled up with you while you do that? Like, what's that look like? Yeah, I've probably got my bedroll, like, undone and draped over my shoulders at the very least. Cool. Um, and that's it, Key. Your, your shift goes by, uh, without issue uh during my shift i'd like to finally take the chance and in, to really like inspect and fuck around with the uh the scythe i bought yeah yeah the the coined by the salamander salesperson uh, he called it the swisher because of the sound it makes when the scythe goes through the air so what would you like to do with that Rename well, it. Yeah. <laughs> First thing, rename in capital letters. <laughs> rename it. The first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna just practice swinging it just in a couple ways, and I'm gonna notice that it makes a different sound when it swing up and down, and you know, vertically or diagonally, it seems to produce different sounds, almost like a note. The the handle's about you know about nine inches, you know, enough that I could double hand it, but it usually just looks like it would fit well in a single. Uh, 
the rest of the shaft is about two feet total with a lot of holes and tubes and small cracks that seem to have airflow through it and that's where you get the funky sound as it cuts through the air so I swing that it's gonna none of the sounds seem to flow well into each other it's always gonna sound like a like it's off pitch or something or there's it's missing something in between it so I'm just gonna practice swinging it get used to feeling it and try to get better at connecting the notes but there doesn't seem any uh any sort of way to really create a nice smooth sound with it it's so always just, sort of jumpy just so everyone is aware too of uh because you've seen him with it but he hasn't properly like played around with it um the i put a link in our in our discord here um we had kind of talked about like it wouldn't exactly like be like a complete circle sickle like you would normally imagine it would be very similar to like a, a crescent moon shape but it's elongated so it has like the normal reach of a regular melee weapon but it um it arcs out uh wider than your average scythe yeah we thought that was an important detail to kind of come across with this, so that way it's not like he's holding this little tiny, like, wheat harvesting tool as he's, like, cutting into enemies. There's another name for that weapon. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it has that kind of blade you just described. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end of my shift, I'll notice at the very uh, bottom of the handle, it looks like it has some sort of, you know, uh, artificially made teeth and it looks like the lace on the grip seems to go further. And I'll just kind of dismiss it as I go shake through my wake. <clears throat> Yo. Yep. Shift time, bud. Alright. So I'll get up and just kind of walk a little bit. So I can get like a good view of everything of the camp and everything around it and just kind of sit down and I'll start my watch. Sure. Um, one thing you notice, Thrym, as everybody else is used to having clothing that kind of helps insulate them and how you're a little bit more open to the elements, even though you have uh, your armor, is that you notice the difference in the cold compared to the Underdark, where you'd go into areas, right? And the ambient temperature would just be lower. So over time, your body would adjust to it and you'd be good, but it would it would gradually reduce to that temperature. Being out here in like, kind of like this open area, uh, so close to um, the spine of the world, you're noticing how in these almost like sudden gusts of wind, it seems to pull heat off. Um, and it's not really affecting you, but it's just something you're just kind of noticing as like an ambient detail about the differences between how this cold is compared to uh, your experiences in the past. Um, the the temperatures in the rest of the world that you've kind of experienced on the surface haven't been this uh, dramatic. Um, the closest thing you could compare it to in, in contrast, strangely enough, is like how like intense the heat was compared to everywhere else on uh, Faerun as well. Um, so if you've got uh, nothing else you'll be doing, I'll have you roll your perception check. 
I'll roll that. I do want to do something while I'm watching out, but I'll roll the perception check first. Sure. Um, as you're looking around and you take one of your first nice deep breaths out of waking up, uh, you feel so much better. Uh, your hit points now, Thrym, are back to normal. Okay. And uh, you are no longer you no longer have one point of exhaustion. Oh, so I didn't have to roll twice. You did not have to roll twice. Oh, in that case, dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. Um. Nick, you're not awake yet, right? You're still... No, but in my meditation, my passive is still active. Okay. Um, way off in the distance, Thrym, uh, you notice uh, a lone, large figure uh, walking with intent. Like, directly to, like, to where you would assume north is, you see it traveling from west to east. It's like right at the edge of your vision, and it turns towards you. It's a humanoid figure, very tall from the look of it, right at the edge of your uh, dark vision for you, which is 60. Um, Nyx, you get the impression there's some presence around you, a physical presence. And you can do with that as you will. Um, the figure is slowly just walking, and you notice its he head kind of turns towards you. And there's a little bit of a yellow glint uh, where two eyes would normally be. I'll just kind of like keep an eye on it mm -hmm. and see if it comes any closer. And while I'm like on my watch, I pulled out that baseball size rock from the, the ocean planet we were on. Mm -hmm. And I'm carving it into the shape of one of those snails. Okay. Um, do you want me to roll a check to see how well I do, or? Uh, roll, because that was a little bit in the past, wasn't it? I think the last time you had him do performance or dex. Yeah, it, w it wasn't that last long ago. Um, yeah, I'd say do a, a dex just to kind of okay. artistically go at and it. Would I get a proficiency because I'm proficient in Mason's Tools? In Mason's Tools? Uh, is that for Mason's Tools with crafting? Mm, that's a good point. I gotta look that up. Hold on. No worries. It's not the first statue he's carved. It is not. I didn't have to roll a check for that one, actually. For a statue? That's... I feel like that's like par for the course. Alright, here. Because he carved one for the, uh, when we were at the werewolf encampment, for the guy that died. He carved a statue for him. Yeah, Mesa Souls allow you to craft stone structures, including walls and buildings crafted from brick. Or stone, in, in this case. Okay. So oh. I'd say, like, a, a statue would be a large standing uh, object. So and that this would... is not that. And this is, yeah, it's like a finely like etched product that you'd have to focus on versus like a big grand structure like a statue you could do that with like your eyes closed let's okay. say any, anything anything statue or larger you're you're pretty much good to go with like basic details on anything smaller than that we'd roll a dexterity check to see all righty uh, 15 15 so the, so you're talking to the ones uh, like Globert? 
yep. essentially. Uh, you get you get it to looking uh, as close as you think you picture in your mind's eye. So very, very close detail. Uh, you almost feel like this could start glowing at any moment. You've, you've carved it into this beautifully replicated uh, alien sea snail. Okay. And the guy I've been keeping my eye on while I'm doing this, what is he doing? He uh, has left your uh, vision. Um, he At the point where he looked at you, his vision just went back to the direction he was walking and he continues on. Okay. Um, and now closer to the uh, middle of your uh, watch. Uh, Nix, did you react at all to this or no? No. You left it up to, not, to Thrym? Not, not yet. Okay. Um, to your south now, uh, you actually hear like a set of footsteps uh, to your southwest uh, seemingly headed in the same direction. This one is a lot closer now. Um, you you kind of turn around very carefully as not to like have a sudden movement. And within your normal vision, uh, you see a very large uh, humanoid is passing by. This humanoid has uh, a large assortment of animal pelts that you can see in color. It is that close. And has a titanic spear it's wielding in like a guard manner, like diagonal on his body. Um, he is looking you all over, but is continuing to walk. Thrym, you identify that uh, humanoid as a Goliath. I'll, as he looks me, looks us over, and he like we'll, I'll make eye contact with him and just kind of nod at him. Okay. And he he seems to slow down a little bit and looks you all over. And just nods back and continues to walk in the direction he's headed in. Okay. That besides that, um, your uh your watch um is rather uneventful besides the interesting humanoids kind of crossing paths with you. Okay. And then I'll go and find next. Thrym, what walked by us? I heard it earlier. Uh, there was one way out deep. I couldn't really tell what it was. It seemed like it might have been the same thing I crossed paths with that crossed paths later. I think it was a Goliath. But he didn't seem to have any interest. But just in case, while you keep watch, I'm going to sleep right next to you. That's That's fine. That's the approach I took because Nyx was in meditation. His eyes were shut. He would have heard it, but not mm -hmm. seen it. So, especially at the distance you described, I probably definitely would have heard that. Yep. Yeah, you would have also heard Thrym like bellow out a war cry or something like that if uh, anything were to have arisen from that. Oh yeah, everybody would have been awake. <laughs> So given that I'm awake, is my exhaustion gone? Uh, you don't notice at first because you had that immediate conversation about a potential threat, but after like the adrenaline of kind of wondering what the fuck is going on passes, you, you just like Thrym, you take a deep breath in and exhale out fully, and your muscles no longer ache, and it's not like that. You almost feel kind of sick in your bones. 
feel. Uh, you are all set with your health, all back up to max, and lost your point of exhaustion. Perfect. Alright. Um, so yeah, I'm probably gonna stay... I'm gonna stay near the fire. Because I am... I'm lean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't got much meat to me. So I'm going to stay near my near the fire, but I'm going to have my back to the fire so that it doesn't hinder my um, my dark vision. And I'm just going to watch. I'm going to watch in the direction of the most recent Goliath walk by. Okay. Um, I'm going to take out my sword and start polishing it again. Sure. Even though I haven't used it since the last time I polished it, I'm still going to polish it. <laughs> And I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna go for my bedroll. I'm just gonna, when Nyx decides where he's gonna be, I'm gonna lay down within arm's reach of him, and have my weapon already drawn. Okay. Well, actually, I cuddle thunder. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for the uh, the tail end, because you're doing four hours, Nyx, because yeah. the other dude did two and two. Um. So it's probably 2.15-ish in the morning, if you could gauge that. Because I don't care about time in this campaign nearly as much as I should. Uh, So go ahead and roll a beautiful little perception check. Without disadvantage now. Well, that's a 7, but my passive's 19. (laughs) Well, thank God for that. (laughs) Um... Fucking hell. You you remain very focused on sensing the steps that you did before. Um, and nothing nothing seems to have really arisen from that. You've you've got the same beautiful view that he had had of the night sky above you. There seems to be uh, just a crescent moon in the sky, so there's not as much illumination hitting the area around you. Um you are able to notice the the a slight path where the where the Goliath had walked before. Um, very large footsteps, very decently paced apart. Um, and with with that passive perception and looking at it, you get the impression that they weren't the creature wasn't running; it was just casually walking. Um, and like nothing. Sorry. More like a patrol. I, as far as you could guess, yes. What do I know about Goliaths? Would I know anything from my studies? Roll a history check. I feel like for you, everything's history because it's all like book knowledge. Hmm. Seventeen. Seventeen. Uh, Goliaths in general. Uh, They're very rare in the Underdark. Sometimes they've gotten lucky and pulled Goliath slaves down into Menzo Berenzin to to do essentially the same work that Thrym would do. Uh, Your average Goliath that you've ever seen in your passing in all the years down there is about the size of uh, like a taller, maybe a couple feet taller than Thrym Stone Giant. Usually they just look like thicker, beefier humans. With a lot of height on them. They seem to be uh, much hairier with uh, this, these, of course, you usually have 
bare arms because they wouldn't wear armor, uh, being slaves and pretty much covering their bodies. They almost look like upright, like almost humanoid bears in comparison to your average human. Um, in regards to where they were and where they found them, there wasn't much. Um, they're one of the more rare races up on the surface, however. Um, you get the impression if, if Thrym thought that both of them were Goliaths, that um, this may be an area where just Goliaths are more common on the surface. Okay. Pretty much all your knowledge comes from the fact that when you're in your reading that this this race is good for uh, fodder in a in a in a war or yeah. used for manual labor. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna polish my sword and during my night I wanna reach out to Baron. Okay. I wanna ask him if I can. Do I have to roll to succeed on a communication with him, or now that he's on um, the surface, it doesn't matter? Now, I, I would say that it would be like a, a limited thing to like once a day kind of thing. Kind of okay. like sim similar to, yeah. to the spells, and I think you're you're good for today, because I think the previous time you did it. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, your last long rest right before uh, you fit, or was it during your meditation? I mean, I could have done it during the meditation. It's not. Yeah, which would I would still consider the previous time. Um, so yeah, you don't you don't need to you don't need to roll essentially just to commune with him for for a little bit. Okay. Um, so you're reaching out to him. Yes. Okay. Uh, this time, using the same techniques you have before, uh, use Shadowfell as like a focus. Except this time, you feel thrust off your feet. This uneasiness and momentum as Shadowfell pulls you to your feet out of a sitting position and everything around you goes black. The fire is gone. Your allies are gone and you're in an area of pitch black and standing in front of you, back facing you is the figure of Veyron and you see him swiftly with his hands uh, just imagine uh, how Iron Man uses like his lasers in his hands he just seems to be blasting out purple energy into the darkness. And then he looks left and right and then turns around towards you and he looks a little out of breath. Oh, what? What is it you need? What are you doing? I am in the process of and he turns around immediately and blasts another purple. And this time out of the darkness, these like fangs begin to come into view and then get blasted away back into the darkness. I'm uh, in my little seclusion of the demon web pips right now. I'm in the process with a couple allies to try to take back my little pocket here. Well, good luck with that. Oh, thank I you. Just, it's uh, going rather well. I can vaguely see that. I just needed to know how did... Ilganoth become part of the redeemed. His race is, uh, uh I, I'm not sure how to phrase this. They don't get along with other races in the Underdark very well. Why is he an exception? 
Well, originally, and he occasionally, as he's talking, just imagine him, like, looking over his shoulder occasionally as he speaks. You're absolutely right. They don't really come from this plane. They uh, are used to being enslavers themselves. I was definitely hesitant when Gromp said we had an ally in them. I take it you're following up on our last conversation? No. He doesn't know this. This uh, this is a follow-up on what Lacuta said. Oh, it wasn't? It was? Oh, oh yeah. interesting. It was Lacutus who... Oh, you're right. My bad. Yeah. I had a long-ass day, boys. That's My okay. bad. Retro, back to that, then. Fucking D- D- highlight that, underline, italicized. DM. DM fuck-up. Um... He, he just seems to take a deep breath and relaxes a bit. They are... Yeah, untrustworthy, I would agree. But... His intentions seem valid? I definitely was hesitant when Grom said he wanted to join... But considering what happened with their race now, them being on the run in the Underdark, it seemed to me the enemy of my enemy. He's shown nothing but loyalty towards the cause. He has his own brand. Although it seemed to be an interesting one. His one doesn't exactly react the same as everyone else's. I don't know if it's because of his biology or what have you. Why do you ask? It was just a curious thought that popped into my head. You know me, never trusting anyone. We originally used him as a spy. Because of his psionic abilities, we could very easily suss out anybody trying to infiltrate the redeemed as members of other houses much more easily than, you know, torture or coercion. Have Ilganoth follow them around, and usually within a day and a half, and we would know if somebody was loyal to the houses or Lolth or what have you. So he is very useful to us. I don't exactly know if we would take other of his ilk, but... It's a possibility in the future if we ever came across uh, more reasonable ones of Illithids. Thank you for humoring me. Grump did pass on the sphere. I did absorb a little bit of its power to give me the ability to fight back in this plane here. Um, I'll let you know how this goes. If everything goes according to plan, I'll be reaching out soon and potentially with a way to get you here as well. Or I could come to you. It makes no difference to me at that point. But rest assured, I am going to be working on getting Bjorn back. You can let Thrym know that. I'm sure he would be uh, sleeping more easily at night. I'm sure he's... He doesn't exactly say that he's worried, but I get the impression he's worried. Yeah, he's not one to... uh always be expressive 
people blame him that sentiment can get you killed in war. That's exactly what we're fighting here, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if there's nothing else, I have a few more spider demons to eliminate in this area. No, I have nothing else. You, uh... You look well-rested. How's uh, everything going over there, by the way? We're dealing with a small problem in one of the towns, but... It's nothing new. Oh, is it the one right down the hill that I left you at? Yeah. Well, I have confidence you'll be able to tackle whatever comes your way. Also, mind... Uh, Kashigalith over there. I did give him uh, orders, I guess you would call them, to find potential recruits and drum up support for the redeemed. Um, I told him to use his discretion, but uh, make sure he doesn't go a little too crazy with uh, announcing the redeemed, if you wouldn't mind. I can try to keep him in line, but he is a fair amount larger than I am. Either way, good luck to you. Uh, keep in contact, won't you? Yeah. And I'll sever the connection. Okay. And he fades, and you're immediately... It's almost like time reversed, and your grasp on Shadowfell brings you back down into your sitting position. It was like you were almost pulled outside of your body for this uh, communion with, with Veyron. Um, you get the impression has something to do with his abilities uh, increasing back to um, closer to godlike attributes. Yeah. Alright. So I'll just spend the rest of my uh, watch polishing my sword and waiting for the hellish sun to rise. <laughs> and the hellish sun does begin to rise. Um... Uh, Kax, you are, of course, and Key as well. Over the course of the rising sun, your exhaustion and hit points go back to normal. You guys are no longer uh, afflicted with whatever uh, happened to you. And we will be right back, Brack, after this break. Keep that. That's great. That's cool. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm, I'm leaving it. Nailed it. I'm, I'm <laughs> Damn sure. Welcome back, viewers. I hope you had a nice bathroom break as well. Sun come up. People not happy with sun. <laughs> you guys no longer have your exhaustion. Your hit points are all back to normal. Uh, you guys are feeling right as rain. Well, what you gotta do? Nick stand up. Nick <laughs> put away sword. <laughs> oh god, Nick Nick's swapped intelligence with strength again. <laughs> Minus one to intelligence. I still know language. Am I still smarter than Cax though? Ooh, yes. that's debatable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So as, as Storm gets up, he's going to hand Nyx the little 
snail statue he made last night and just say, I noticed you lost yours, so I made you one. It doesn't glow, but... Thank you, Thrym. That's... thoughtful. Well, everybody needs to remember some their adventures. It's made out of the rock I found down there. Um, I'll have you all roll a perception check as you guys are getting up and kind of surveying your surroundings. 16. 12. 7. Uh, that would be a 15. Okay. Uh, Nyx and Cax, you notice about a dozen or so feet away from your campsite, there seems to be a bundle uh, of fur. Uh, it looks like it's wrapped up in twine, uh, just sitting there. Can I go up and inspect it? You sure can. Uh, you get up close, it looks like this seems to be the skin of some sort of animal uh, wrapped up and like tied in like a little bit of a knot with the twine. It seems to be uh, like wrapped around a shape inside of it. Okay. Can I undo the knot? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it doesn't look like it's too fancy at all. All right. So I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to unwrap whatever the hell this is. <laughs> I'm basically saving the wrapping paper in case it's something I shouldn't have opened. Sure. <laughs> uh, you go ahead and open it up. And you realize there are uh, four bundles of uh, meat, raw meat inside of it. That seems to be it. it seems to be a, 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 a recently skinned animal. It's not like like raw, like red on the inside of it, but it looks like it had been skinned properly, where it like just has the skin layer and the fur on the outside. Okay. Grim, come over here. Uh, I was already behind you. Uh, oh, so I'll turn around and be like, oh, there Ooh. you are. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of this? Well, from what I saw last night on watch, the Goliath had a bunch of pelts. Maybe he dropped one. I'd rewrap it and leave it there. Yeah, that that would be my thought as well. I mean, part of me wants to think that this is some kind of gesture to foreigners in a hostile environment trying to help them stay alive. But why not just walk up and give it to us? I mean, it's four bundles of meat. There's four of us, but I don't know that I want to take that risk. Uh, DM, yes. from where I saw that Goliath up close, how close is that to where he was? Um, it, the, the, fur, the further one, um, between, between the distance of the one that was right at the edge of your vision and yourself, like that, the halfway point there to, to your, where you kind of saw him last night. Okay. Yeah. I, I really don't think we should take that chance. Yeah. So I'm going to rewrap that as best okay. I can. And just to leave it where I found it. Sure. 
this morning with uh, clear skies, it is very, very chilly. There's a faint hint of, like, frost on the kind of rugged grass around you um, that seems to be kind of uh, turning into uh, vapor and evaporating pretty quickly to the point where there's, like, a little bit of, like, a, a mist layer around you. Um, this this place definitely seems to be the beginning of the frontier of, like, the kind of brutal temperatures of the north. Okay. Well, we don't want to lose Cax in this mist. Thrym, do you want to... Cax, would you like to be carried by Thrym? I can walk. Alright. Why don't we head back into town? He said we walked 20 miles, so it's going to take us, what, a couple hours? A few hours? Just a couple hours, yeah. Um, There's no so direct paths, but um, you guys know exactly where you came down, so it's a pretty quick, you don't have to guess where you had gone up and everything. So we know from what Oren said that he saw the ghost at night. Everybody seems to be most afflicted at night. So I would say we make our way back towards town, but I don't know. Do we want to set up while we're in town or do we want to set up outside of town and then go in at night when she's active? Well, <clears throat> or do we go straight to the crypt, wait for nightfall and catch her before she comes out or as she's coming out? If we get to a spot, we can see the miners coming out we can see if they're exhausted or not see if this is still afflicting them and if it's not then we took care of the problem we have to hmm. go into town anyway to get my brand we can see if the people are still tired that's a good point that is a good point and we do need to do that during daylight hours or so let's just yeah. go get the brand all right and I feel like you all are also forgetting the idea of setting up in a different town and simply leaving this be. Before we get too far from camp, Nix, can I have a torch? I look back at the ashen pile behind us and realize... Yeah, not those ones. Oh, what kind of torch do you need? I burned all of my physical torches last night. Uh, you can cast fire, can't you? Sure, and I'll kind of <laughs> flick out, flick out my hand, and bring up one of the dancing lights. No, that's not quite the fire I mean. What do you need? Fire. I need to set something on fire. Oh, sure, take it out. Cool. I'm gonna take out the uh, the small dwarven boy's clothes and set it into a heap on the ground and walk away and go like that, that just poof it okay so by the rules of press the digitation i can ignite a candle a torch or a campfire would a small bundle of clothing fall into this realm yeah i'd say so okay snap my fingers and this bitch is on fire perfect and i just keep walking away <laughs> that's someone else's problem now yeah <laughs> As we're walking away, I'm going to firebolt it just in case. 
<laughs> so, so what is a pretty aggressive and quick smoldering of like the clothes catching and just kind of burning, um, gets aggressively slammed with a firebolt, and bits and particles of of the clothing rise up in the air on fire and slowly just burn to the ground. It's just a fucking crater. <laughs> Someone else's problem now if it starts the forest on fire. We're not my problem. Yeah, well, you know. That's another reason it's not my problem. Well, fuck if there was a forest here. <laughs> Maybe there was a forest here at one time and someone burnt some large dwarven clothing and it just lit the forest on fire. Now there's and you know what they said? Fuck this forest. And they said, Oh, it wasn't my it's not my problem, and they walked away towards the town. <laughs> DM, what do you mean the mountains are made of manganese? Huh? DM, what do you mean the mountains are made of manganese? You thought a volcano exploding was bad. What do you mean, gender reveal party? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it a cobalt! Whoosh! <laughs> 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 you guys are heading back into Mirabar? Yeah, after setting the spine of the world on fire. Absolutely. You know, like like we said, it's somebody else's fucking problem now. <laughs> um, let me move our map over to there again. Alright. Um, so you guys uh, get to the, the northern part of our map here where you're seeing the, the, the caves that you came out of. Um, at this point, it, it had taken a couple hours of, of trekking through... Uh, just kind of rocky and hilly terrain, nothing too mountainous or treacherous for you guys. And you notice as you get to like the pinnacle of the of the area, you can immediately sense a temperature difference as you're descending down into this area of terrain. Now you're you're kind of beyond where the coldness settles and the kind of normal temperatures begin to mix and mingle again. Um, you guys said you're on the lookout to see what's going on with the miners. Yeah, I wanted to uh, see if I could spot any miners. Okay, are you got are you keeping your distance, or are you just just walking through still? Well, doesn't our path take us around the mining entrances? Uh, it would bring you like into uh, the mining entrance because you guys essentially went north of the mines. Right, but if we follow this road you've drawn out, yeah, we we should run into miners on the way. I, just, I wasn't sure if you just wanted to, like, yeah, scout, just, scout them or just, like, walk by them and check them out. I'd say just walk by them. Okay. Yeah, with that, I'm not going to have you roll then, perhaps your perception or anything. Um, intently looking at a lot of them, um, a few of them look like they're about to pass out. Uh, most of them being dwarven, a couple of humans, uh, a couple straggler elves with, like, basic mining equipment. Um, they're, they're heading into the mines. You don't see a lot of people leaving, but these guys looked as if they'd had a, a weekend bender and didn't get a, a wink of sleep. A lot of bags under eyes, the the sunken and sullen body language you're getting. Um, most of the time when you guys walk by fellow humanoids that are passive or friendly or good, uh, there's always people who kind of like, you know, give you that awkward white person, like, nod. Um, the head nod of respect. The, the head nod of respect. Uh, you're you're getting very like minimal like they have to put a lot of effort into it as you guys are walking by. Um, 
these guys look beat to shit, and you get the impression that they were affected last night by um, this being. As soon as we're, like, clear of the group of people, and we're kind of alone, I'm just going to, like, look over at Nex and be like, well, that didn't work. That worked perfectly. Now if Ruin's weak and tired, we can steal anything we want. I mean, that's also true. But that wasn't what we were trying to do. Oh. Not here, at least. Don't get caught. I rarely do. And yeah. when I do, I have to run away. To be so fair, the, uh, the cuddy bots don't get tired because they don't need sleep. That's what I was going to say. The what? Cuddy bots are... Oh, I don't know what a cutty is, do I? I don't know. <laughs> no, no idea. Oh, no. This was way before your time. And, no, but uh, we've, we've talked Ka about cutty. You've talked about cutty, yeah. Not around Cags, I don't think you have. No, no, we have. When we were discussing our plans, whether to go to Mirabar or to go to Long Saddle, we brought up the fact... Yeah, yeah you said... Cuddy. You said, oh, Cuddy's in Long Saddle. Yeah, I don't think we described what Cuddy was. Yeah. Yeah. You said you'd never talked about Cuddy, you had mentioned his name. Right. So, as far as I'm concerned, there's a dude named Cuddy. And Cack's like, I wonder what he did to get that kind of a name. He's a kobold. That's... He's missing his tail. That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys uh, make it at, to the front gates and... One of the first things that you notice is the guard on the left. Human guards. These aren't these aren't cutty guards. Uh, the human guard on the left. It looks like he's collapsed. Um, the one on the right is like leaning on a spear and like nodding off. And as you get closer, you are hearing the one on the left, the one collapsed on the ground, is snoring loudly. X is gonna walk over towards the guard on the right. There it is. <laughs> We're waiting for this. And yeah, as you get close, you trying to have a conversation with him, or um, I'm just gonna approach as quietly as I can. Okay, so this this younger uh, elven male is just kind of like nods off, and he sees you guys coming, but there's, there's no like intent of like anything. He just like looks at you guys. And then puts his head down roughly as you guys start approaching. As I see Cax start walking towards that guard, <laughs> I want to look around to see if there is anybody or any of the Cuddy guards or anything like that around to see what he might do. Sure, roll a perception check. Uh, you're mainly looking on the inside of town, which you guys are on the road to go, yep. and around you as well. Yep. Oh, I see it all with a natural one. So, <laughs> as five. far as you can tell, like <laughs> it's only your toes. <laughs> you're safe to do whatever you want, my friend. You are, you are so focused on kind of guarding your troop and making sure that going back into the city you guys are safe that 
you glance around, but you you you're more focused on like maintaining a close distance away from Nyx to kind of help him out in case he needs it. Um, so as far as you can tell, there's only the two sleepy ass guards. Would you like um, me to roll stealth as I approach? Ah, uh, yes, sure. Okay. This fucking guy. Um, that will be a nineteen. A nineteen. Nineteen total. Uh, for my yeah, for my stealth. Okay. Um, as far as you can tell, uh, he does not acknowledge your approach. Okay, as I this get guy, up, my... his eyes are closed, and it looks like he's officially nodded off at this point. As I get nice and close, I'd like to check my surroundings to make sure that no one else can see me. Sure. Throw that perception check. Okay. Um, that will be... Um, I believe that is an 18. 18, okay. Um... The miners behind you are so far up the hill at this point. Um, they're kind of going around the bend, which kind of puts them out of obscure view. Um, and strangely, there doesn't seem to be anybody in the square in front of you inside the gate as well. All right. I'm going to kind of look back to Nyx and give him two thumbs up <laughs> and see what he does. Does Nyx respond? Hold on. Nyx is picking something out of his eye as I yeah. turn around. <laughs> Nyx says, I actually have something in my eye. It's annoying as fuck. Um, Nyx is just going to kind of stare at you. There's a little bit uh, of judgment. There's a little judgment in his eyes, but he's just going to kind of watch what happens so this guard he's standing there he's kind of leaning up on a pole arm of some sort like yep. asleep um <clears throat> does he have anything like hanging off his body like i don't know say a coin he... purse say a, a bag things like that he seems to have like a side satchel that's hanging on the inside of like a leather jerkin like it's mm -hmm. kind of obscure but you uh, of course, are looking for it. You you see like the bottom of the bag sticking out. Okay, cool. Um, using my sleight of hand, I would like to kick the pole out or the pole arm out from under him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just just kick the pole arm out from under him. That's it. Okay, cool. Don't yeah. even want to take the pouch. I want to kick the pole arm out from under him. Sure. I'm, I'm, at this point, it's it's a stationary polar. I'm not even going to have you roll for it. You just walk oh. right up and just boom right with your foot, and immediately the the poor elven guy just collapses on the ground, and he just immediately like jerks awake, and he looks up at you. Did I fall asleep again? You did. Shit. No, no one saw, right? Just you. Oh, fucking them too. Oh, this is so fucking embarrassing. He what? just like scrabbles up and he leans down and picks up his pole polar, and he just immediately goes back to like looking around. He's like casing the joint. 
and then just kind of like looks down again, and he looks like he's about to revert back to falling asleep again. So like if this, I stand here, a, if I push select and stand here long enough, he'll be, fall asleep again. It could legit be like you know a repeating loop of chaos. <laughs> this poor guy is gonna have so many bruises from falling over at the end of the day. <laughs> it's gonna be like and, and wave the, the party we ever through. Saw of Cax. Wave the party through. This is now my my calling. <laughs> He's tormenting this one element, dude. Every day um, he comes down from the mountain and kicks the pole armor 50 times and returns up the mountain. <laughs> at what point do we have to figure out if this is assault at that point of how many times this poor guy has like allowed gravity to smack him in the face? Um, before he goes to sleep, I'm gonna like grab onto him and shake him one more time. Try to like keep him up for a second and be like, what's going on here? Can you tell me anything? I don't know how I rolled out of bed, but I got my equipment on. I forgot the piece that protects the groin, so I hope I don't get bit in the junk today. And I came I'm, here. I'm right at junk height, so thanks for oh, the heads up. Okay, yeah, no, if uh, if you see it's a little bit light in those areas, you know. Why, why am I telling you to bite people? Oh my god, I'm fucked. Don't fall asleep again, otherwise you might wake up without a willy. Oh, Jesus Christ, I don't want that. You never you... know when an owl bear might come through. Did he, like, you can see him grip the, <laughs> the polearm a little bit tighter. Sorry, well, you guys have a good day. Watch out for the chunk biters, and he kind of, like, smiles at you as he says it. Falls back asleep as we walk <laughs> through the gate. He seems to be, as you guys now are walking into the city, uh, he is, you see his head moving back and forth. He is like, the the interaction with you kind of perked him up enough to keep him awake for a little while longer. I didn't know um, I slept. Weird. I say that to, to Nix as we <laughs> walk into the town. Yeah, what would happen if it was involuntary sleep? Um, elves are immune to the spell sleep. Are they? Like if something if something would put something to sleep, elves cannot be put to sleep. Are yeah. they immune? Mm -hmm. Yes. I'll look this up. I'm curious. Do we um, want to retcon that and make that guy like a human? Nope. <laughs> That's this how tired he is. This is some ancestry advantage against charms and sleep immunity. Ooh. Part of being an elf. I have it. That's why, why I play elves, honestly. Because the sleep spells sleep. shit. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Actually, even a half-elf in pretty much any fey ancestry. I know, I gotta remember that. I'll remember that for next time. Um, um, let me get rid of my pickpocket table here that I had prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, See, I think everyone was waiting like, oh, I wonder if Cax is gonna pick his pocket. Yeah. No, fuck him. <laughs> Kick the pole um, arm out. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta subvert the expectations, my friend. You do. Um, so as you guys go into town, it is way quieter than when you left at midday yesterday. It's about midday now, and there's maybe eighty percent less people than there were yesterday, and people just looking beat to shit. Um, 
in in some of like the 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 eateries that are off to the side in in this general area there's a, a couple places to eat and diners and restaurants and stuff um it looks like there's like outdoor seating and a couple people are just like passed out in some of their chairs you think I'll... it would be wrong to steal from people that are asleep in public uh as you say that and you guys are looking around uh it, there seem to be uh, a couple units of cutty bots that are making their routes. I'd say the real question is if they sleep during the day. Yeah, would this town naturally shift over to a nighttime schedule? I don't think they'd probably have to pay them time and a half for that for working overnights, and I don't think they'd allow that. So, I feel yeah. like that's something. Labor. Like the labor laws in around here wouldn't really you know support that <laughs> return about, of ocean <laughs> something about you thought you lost it at the at the mountain but no 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 it, it followed us through the fire plane run <laughs> uh all right, so you guys are at the uh, the northern part of the, the circle of town. There was the comment about the about the city switching to a no nocturnal schedule actually in character. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, if you, they well, could theoretically, if everyone kept passing out during the day, eventually shift over to they do their work at night. Well, they're they're not sleeping during the day though, at least not well enough to to like recover otherwise that wouldn't be a problem if the wraith only harasses them during the night or whatever the ghost wraith whatever, whatever you can consider it I mean yeah but it's it's isn't it it's like is it would is it the fact that oh spooky night time that that this <laughs> this object is is messing with people or is it like Oh, they're asleep, so I'm gonna mess with them in their sleep. So if the entire city went to a nocturnal schedule, a nighttime schedule, because I don't know the word nocturnal, uh, it would, would it not just start messing with people during the daytime? When they're sleeping during the daytime? And then you've got a city that has to sleep at night? And then the, ah. the person's like, oh, I'm gonna mess with them at night now, because they're sleeping at night! And then you've got an endless cycle of being messed with by dead people. Doesn't sound like fun. Half and half it, so it doesn't know what to do. I feel like it'll just kill everyone before that, because they won't be getting enough sleep. That's and it'll fair. Be passing out while they're, like, forging, and fall into the pits, and then someone else is going to be half asleep working the bellows, and you just incinerated to Tommy. Oh, uh, what shit, are you going to do? Keeper. Dude, we got to go check on him. What? Oh, it's fine. I don't smell smoke. Do I smell smoke, DM? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <a> perception check. <laughs> um, that is a 25. 25. You do not smell smoke, and as far as your eyes can tell, there don't seem to be any billowing columns of uh, fire in the uh, in the town. I've confirmed by looking around that I don't see smoke either. We're good. I mean, we could go see if he's at the bathhouse. 
He might have some more information for us. Uh, someone probably drowned again. Yeah, that's not our problem. That's not what we're looking for. Why don't we just go deal with the ghost thing? Let's pick up the brand and then decide if we're going to deal with it. I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, well, we have the... And I'm going to, like, mime the, the finger across the neck and touch my fangs and I'm you know, trying to implicate shriveled and ah! <laughs> what are you, are you having, are you having a stroke? Yeah. Can you smell toast? We, we got, we got that guy here, so I guess he's a little invested in this, uh, uh, child. But, we could just leave. I suggested that at the beginning. Key, wouldn't it make for good publicity if we rid this town of its problem and somehow it becomes known that followers of Varen were the ones that took care of the problem? When you put it as recruiting like that, now I'm into it. All right. <laughs> Okay. That's, so that's looking some, at it... There's some foresight right there. I like looking it. Looking at it that way, we'll go pick up the brand, and then we should find out where whoever runs this place is. Oh, I have an idea. So, the brand. That's for marking people to be the followers of Aeon, right? Yes. Just so they are known to be followers of Aaron, mm -hmm. or does that that like seal in that they are followers of Aaron? It's uh, if we gain a follower of Aaron, I'll give them the brand to signify that they are, and they can identify each other. Oh, so it doesn't like lock them in as followers of Aaron. I'd assume that it's just a. It's you know, just a visual rep 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 rep. Reprimand of Vayron. Of <laughs> Not a reprimand. It's no different than someone walking around wearing some other sort of religious symbol. This one just hurts a little. Representation. That's the word we were looking for. Okay. Um, sorry. Uh, it, it just it just shows that, that they are a follower of Vayron. It doesn't like, oh, you're contractually obligated to follow Vayron now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. My idea sucks. I was just going to say, why don't we brand everyone in their sleep and now we have a city that follows Veyron, but... <laughs> I don't know, these people sleep forever! They'd... That dude fell asleep and I knocked him over! <laughs> he got back up, talked about his wiener being bit, and fell asleep! <laughs> Seems like a good idea. I don't know. And your god's all about fire. It's kind of weird. Let's just go grab it. And I'm going to start walking towards the uh, forge. Okay. You guys all following key? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about approaching another civilian that was asleep, but I thought better. <laughs> Are you, uh... You follow your boy key? Um, it's your boy, key. It's your boy, Kashigalith! <laughs> and 
you reach uh you go back to the uh the foundry forge uh operation and yet again you guys were just there yesterday and it just seems to be not nearly as many people working and not as merely as many customers at that area that you were at that kind of dealt with um the people who you commissioned for the brand um you do see one like stocky uh dwarf uh, manning the, the the customer service booth if you will and you see right up on top is the brand that you commissioned just sitting there right on the counter and the guy seems to be like he poured out money onto the counter and you can see he's like just doing some basic bookkeeping and figuring out how much gold he had and by the time you got up to him he had slid all the gold back into a pouch and then like placed it underneath the counter and recognizes uh, Yuki Put up, put up this right, hand. this yep. uh, this thing right. Yep, that's me. Oh shit! I already confused an order earlier. Uh, so I wanted to make sure this one was right. But yeah, no, he, here it is. Uh, honestly, not the best of their work, but uh, it it should do what you what you need. Uh, I'm assuming you're gonna use it for livestock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I'm gonna pick it up and like pull out my shirt and I can see how well it fits into my marking. And it, it's a little smaller than your marking, but it it's pretty similar. Like, it's... Alright, yeah. This'll work great. And, like, the dwarf, like, looks at what you just did and kind of has this apprehensive look. Alright, well. Come on back if you need anything else. Will do. You have a a cattle prod. Yes, definitely. Definitely a cattle prod. A cattle prod. Is it solid like iron or steel? It yeah, it's like a solid base of iron. Um it would be a cattle prod from me or Thrim if we use shocking grasp while holding it. Ooh shit. <sighs> Why do I feel like Key's gonna turn into a slave trader? <laughs> You follow Baragon now! Wow! I believe you mean follower, I... trader. <laughs> <laughs> they're not slaves, they're unwilling followers. I'll trade you three humans for a dwarf. Yeah, it's a... It, it, the, the, it's, it's a solid item. Um, it, it doesn't seem to have been polished. It's, it's like a very rough... Think of like a, a fireplace poker. Like, it's yeah, very heavy. It, it's pretty heavy, but it's not like meticulously like polished and detailed uh like some of their work just like the guy said but the uh the 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 brand itself is is seems to be of the higher quality than the rod that consists of the rest sweet i'm gonna just take another look at it swing it around look at cax and say hey cax come here for a minute no fuck you <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> put it into my backpack I just had a wonderful idea. What if we want to brand someone or something, a cow, clearly, for livestock, at range? Do you think we could put it on an arrow and fire it? We commission arrowheads in the Mark of the Redeemed? 
feel like I'm... it would cool down too much in the air. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be hot. If it's okay. sharp, it penetrates, right? And it cuts, <laughs> and then they take it out, and then it heals in a scar. See, I do have good ideas. See, I was thinking we just like throw you with a knife to make a quick little sketch or something, or but that's a lot better idea. That's exactly what a bow is. Is I'm throwing knives, just faster and more accurate, and they don't flip I and just they break. Wanna, I just want to get this straight. Your plan is to make arrowheads in the shape of this mark, shoot mm-hmm. people with them. Mm-hmm. And they're going to want to follow us now. You just shot them. Okay, I don't have good ideas. <laughs> Always. I, I probably got a little swept up in the idea of marking people from a distance. Uh, like, my, I, I get the merit, but, but like, yeah. Okay. okay, I admit, this is not one of my best ideas. But it was an idea and I don't hear you offering anything. Yeah, how would you brand someone at range, huh? I I wouldn't. Are we What's having up? this conversation right in front of the door? No, the no. You, I, I assume you guys have <laughs> safely walked away with your your wackadoo ideas. Um, okay. but out of curiosity, what's what's Nick's doing while this crazy conversation's going on? Um, <laughs> kind of. He's actually, like, rubbing his chest where his brand is, and just kind of thinking to himself, like, why did it have to be a brand? Like, why, why, why do, why did it need to be another scar? You know, he's got a point with the arrows. You know, they pull it out, scars over, brands are really, burns are just scar tissue. Yeah, that could work. Oh no, he's got a point. It might cool down while it's in the air. Oh, but if you know, I heard a rumor there's a spell that clerics can use. Maybe that would work. No, no, Thrym's right. People aren't really going to want to follow us if we're actively attacking them. His his mind's just going to kind of trail off, like considering everybody's points. Just kind of lost in thought. Yeah, you know, he's got a point. Oh wait, no, that doesn't work. He's got a point. That no, that's not going to work. Gonna continue to contemplate this. All the while, like kind of just rubbing his chest where his brand is. Like, is it worth it? (laughs) (laughs) So, being asked for ideas, Grim's gonna say, "I do have an idea. This town is being besieged by something. We want to kind of get our." so-called brand out there. Ah! We go to whoever runs this town and offer to figure out what's going on. One, we can probably get paid. Two, we can spread the whole Veyron thing to the town because we Veyron, who leads us, helped you guys figure out your problems. Cax has uh, turned around and walked back towards the counter. As Thurim is talking, you can proceed. Okay. <laughs> but if we're going to do this anyway and just not just leave, we might as well get paid for it 
actually that kind of serves both your purposes and Key's purposes. We need them to know who we are. Doing this under cover of darkness or just doing it, these people are going to think it was some godly intervention, but they'll never know that it was... Which it is. Yeah, we, they'll never know that it was us acting on behalf of our own god. It'd be nice to get paid, but it's also good to make it known who is doing the town this favor. Win-win. So who do we know that actually runs this town? We're aware of two wealthy families, and that's about it. Does it matter who runs the town, or do we just make it known to the person with the most connections? Well, we, we could go to the daughter's family. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Mr. Dwarf? Yeah. Is there a mayor here or someone that's like in charge of this town? Uh, no, we got a council set up here. Where? Like, well, where, they, where would they meet? Uh, usually one of the taverns in the middle of town. Okay. Are they always meeting? Or who, can, can you tell me who they are and where I might find them at this hour? Uh, yeah, you can find one right there. And he points back to... I literally forgot his fucking name. <coughs> Orin's dad. Orin's dad. Yeah, there's Orin and Orin's dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like orcs uh, and... Ch Charles. Yo, Chuck. <laughs> hey! And you so, see in the back, now that uh, he pointed out, you see uh, Orin's dad, Charles, uh, doing the same thing. He's he's barking orders, um, except this time he's actually holding a bundle of swords um, that he collected from a booth right as he got pointed out. And as you're kind of watching him, in one hand he's pointing and shouting, and you can kind of hear him. He's just t telling people orders, make sure this is right. Make sure to tie those down more properly. And he goes over to the next booth over, and he takes the swords and just like dumps them into a box. And you can kind of see he's he seems to be pitching in a little bit with the work orders that are going along. He goes, okay. we got who else? Oh, uh, we got the Coral Widow. She's the other mm -hmm. one. And then the the final one is is Altic's Bellow Cloak. He's a little gnome guy. I don't know where he works, though. Fucking gnomes. Fucking gnomes. You don't like gnomes, either? Dad, he, he's alright. He, I don't know what the hell he does. If you don't gnomes. see what people are doing, like what, what, they may be getting into trouble, you know? I mean, I'm not just a tiny dragonborn. I'm a kobold. I hate gnomes. I'll find him. And I'll walk away. <laughs> Back towards the group. I'll get him. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that was very ominous, but so be it. <clears throat> okay, so... Uh, I heard the opportunity of getting paid for doing something. You know, getting paid after a fair day's work. Uh, and... One of the people we would have to talk to is... Dickface McGee. The other person was uh old widow bitch. <laughs> and then the third person's a fucking gnome. Like we're not winning. A gnome? 
What's wrong it's, with the gnome? <laughs> it, it might be. It might be a man. I'm not sure. But uh, never mean, mind. If, if you're into male gnomes, I no. I can, okay, but maybe, I maybe I don't he's... know. It was. I think it was something like Alfred Billowcloak. Although I wasn't really paying attention because he said a gnome, and I was like, oh fucking. You got against gnomes. Nothing. They get my you, attention. Do you not know the history of kobolds and gnomes? No. Oh. Enlighten me. Read read a book. I would I would read the book to you, but I can barely read. Tell me the story then. Let's. Well, let's let's talk about this another time after I'm paid for a fair day's work. Yeah, let's fix this of problem and then... of non murdering people. But instead, kicking pole arms out from under guards. Yeah, that's pretty honest. That's an, it's a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. <laughs> if I find another guard sleeping on a pole arm, I'll be sure to kick it out from under him and make sure he's got a cup. Alright, so who are we thinking? Mm. Widow, gnome, <clears throat> or. Dickface? Well, Dickface. I don't um, think dick face is a good idea. I think I think uh, widow first, and then uh, widow lived outside of town. <clears throat> that widow lived inside town. Inside town. Yeah. Oh, it was the big mansion, right? Yeah. Yep. So I think yeah. we, I think we, uh, figure out where she lives and talk to her, and then we try to fucking negotiate with a gnome. And then, if if need be, we talk to Dickface. But I I don't think he's gonna be in the best mood if we're like, oh hey, by the way, your son's missing. Surprise, here's his body. You know, like, <laughs> I don't that. I don't think that would come up at all. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna bring that up. I wasn't just gonna be like, hello. <laughs> do, do you want a raisin? It, it's you're just like flopping in the body. <laughs> it's in the shape of your son. Like that's a little that's a little morbid. Even yeah, for me. I don't think anyone's opening the conversation with you'll never guess what's in this bag of holding. And then <laughs> I don't know. Surprise. I mean, <laughs> apparently Thrim's into male gnomes. He's a husk of your son. Hey, hey, I'm not into male gnomes, but where there's male gnomes, there's normally female gnomes. Uh, yeah, that, that, that tends to work out, because, you know, you need a male and a female in order to call the stork. Exactly. And get, a, get a baby gnome. Yeah, that's <laughs> how it works. Work? Yeah. I wonder if, like, you, you could fit in the stork's mouth. So Nix has missed all of this conversation, because he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Nyx? He's at the forge. Oh, he walked up behind me? <laughs> no. No, when you came back and said that one of the councilmen is Oren's father, Charles, he walked back to the forge. Oh, fuck. Okay. He's so the I closest probably, councilman. I probably like would have seen said, Nyx walk over there. I mean, yeah, like, son of a bitch, uh, he's talking to Dickface. Okay. I'm gonna go up to the counter. Hey, yeah. Uh, are you looking to commission something too? No, actually, I'd like to talk to your boss. Ah, shit. Okay, hold on a sec. He's 
kind of a pain in the ass if I approach him randomly like this. And you see him, like, kind of, like, scurry off. And when, when he gets within range of him, uh, out in the back, you see him, like, his body language changes to a little bit, like, shrunken down. Like, he has to, like, tell him something. And you just hear him say, what? And you see, like, his, like he, like, scrunches down and he just, like, points at you, Nyx. And he, he, he looks over. And you can see, uh, with your trait, him, him just mutter... Ah, fuck, here we go again. And he just begins to walk towards you. With the uh, little shrinking uh, shop person in tow. He well, walks up. A halfling, right? Surprise, raisin. Charles? Yeah, Charles is a halfling. Charles is a, is a dwarf. Dwarf. Right, because we killed a dwarven child. There's more plot twists, apparently, with that, then. <laughs> 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 Charles comes up and he like slams his hands on the counter. What do you need? I recently learned that you're part of the council that runs this town. That's right. Has your council gained any insight as to why this town is falling asleep standing up? Uh, you noticed that too, huh? Yeah. At least half my workforce didn't show up today. Yeah, me and my party had to camp outside of town just so we wouldn't end up exhausted. He, like, cocks his head and he goes, that work for you? Actually, it did. We trekked about 20 miles up towards the mountains. And despite the cold, we were fairly well rested. It seemed getting away from the town seemed to take care of it. So whatever's going on is local to this town. So you're... Interesting. He, like, looks around. He goes, I suppose you're looking to get a little bit of commissioned work here? Is that what this is? Well, he, like, he gives you like a knowing smile. We are essentially swords for hire and uh, can always use the extra coin. Well, those things over there and he points and there seems to be a pair of cutty bots kind of uh, making their rounds. Those things are absolutely useless. I think they're uh, they were trying to look for some stupid magic box yesterday. Hey, you know what? This there's really no one else around here right now, and you know what? I'm losing so much fucking money on everyone not being here. Yeah, you know what? I'll uh, I'll check with the council later today, and uh, you guys get to the bottom of it and figure it out. Well, uh, they'll throw some coin down for you. I appreciate that. As long as I've got you here, I mean, yeah. maybe maybe you got to get the little guy back over here, but uh, I could use a handful of basic daggers. Oh, and he, he looks over. He goes, "You got this." He, like, nervously, like, nods towards the boss. He goes, yeah, he'll be able to help you out. All right. Goes, uh, Thank you, see, Charles. See me out here, uh, or check out the, the, the widow bitch down the street. Don't tell her I said that, though. Nah. He's like, he, like, grins. My last intent is to cause strife in this town. Hey, appreciate it. Yeah. And he, he kind of hustles off now. To kind of get back to helping them, it looks like they're the bigger operation right now is boxing up weapons to these uh, myriad of crates in the back to be shipped out. And uh, as soon as he kind of goes away from the radius, the 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 no uh, dwarven shopkeeper guy he he looks visibly relieved. He goes daggers. Yeah, yeah. If I could get like uh, I don't know three or four, just basic daggers. I don't know. So you, do you think you can figure this all out? 
honestly can't say. I'm not sure what's going on, but the more insight I get, the better. You think it's think it's something something bad, something evil? Uh those are two very different things. Not getting enough sleep in a night is bad. Having your energy drained by a malevolent force is evil. Don't know what this is, so I can't say if it's bad or evil, but it's one of the two. Okay, well. How many daggers are you looking for? Give me four. Four? Alright. Tell you what. This works. I, I'll get a good night's sleep too. And he slides you over uh, four daggers after a little bit of searching behind the counter, like the random odds and ends that he has. And they're they're all basic, uh, like you can't tell if they're iron or steel by looking at them. They don't look super shiny, but you can tell the tips are like as sharp as they need to be. Um, yet again, just kind of a, a product of exhausted workers not putting attention to detail. He goes, tell you what, one gold, you can have them. Sounds fair to me. I'll flip them too. Oh, thank you. You can see he takes out that purse from before and, and scoops it in. Uh, let me know if you happen to overhear anything strange. I know you guys do a fair amount of business in a day. Maybe not lately, but if you overhear anything, just uh, we'll be around town. Try to reach out to us. Alright, yeah. Uh, do you got a do you get a name I could I can call you by? Yeah, I'm Nix. Nix, okay. Nix and the and the big guy, you guys kinda stick out in a crowd, no offense. I'm pretty used to that. I'm still fairly new to the surface. Alright. Uh Dornan, by the way. It's nice to meet you, Dornan. Nice to meet all you guys, and he kind of gives everyone like a little, little wave. I wave from the other side of the counter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you don't mind, I I gotta go back and, and help the boss with this shipment. That's fine. Uh, guess we're off to see. Uh... Well, he called her the widow bitch, but I think her name is Quarrel. Ah, uh, that that's her last name. Priscilla is her first name. Ah. Uh... See, you're already helpful. Thank you. Hey. He seems very pleased with himself. As soon as he turns his back, I fire a lightning bolt and set off the whole place. This has been the session of uh, alternate dimensions happening in, <laughs> in different timelines of all the things you could do. This session is actually from the point of view of Lacutus viewing oh, all the Yeah, he's, he's viewing all the different timelines of crazy shit. This so is Lacutus literally the dude from Men in Black Three? It could be the yeah, it could be could be the Watcher from uh, from Marvel too. Literally sees everything happening at once, and he's like, oh, "Is it this one? Damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> if Nix would have spent two gold and one copper. Butterfly effect, the the whole world would have uh, been sunshine and rainbows forever. <laughs> that would have been the one that... that what, what's your name? Ilganoth? His oh, name. Yeah. Just croaks. Heart attack. Lolf. Not Ilganoth, Lolf. Oh. I don't know where the hell Ilganoth... <laughs> I don't know why that popped into my brain. Lolf just... Heart attack, dead. 
We were literally that... one copper away from that happening. Shit. Didn't expect this to happen. Shit. Alright. So I'm gonna head away from the forge. Sure. Like... <laughs> we're on the council's side. Charles likes the idea of us trying to figure out whatever this is. I didn't give away any information. He said he's going to talk to the council later today. Before the council meets, do you guys want to go talk to the widow? See if she knows anything. Maybe there's a family history of, you know, an ability towards the afterlife. Who knows? A family history of, of trying to murder people by making them not sleep and ended up killing themselves? Well, she's a widow. There's already a history of death in the family. Every family has history of death. <laughs> That's kind of part of life, Nix. Everything dies eventually. It's just whether or not we go like cowards or out fighting. Or, in my case, both. It still couldn't hurt. It could hurt. Could hurt well. a lot. Let's let's see if we can get an audience with her. Yeah. From what we've gathered, she's a recluse. We might not be able to get through to her. And who knows, if we run into a fucking gnome, we can interrogate him. Fucking gnomes. They're almost as bad as dwarven guards. Hey. When you say she's a recluse, I'm gonna start walking. <laughs> Do you mean like the spider? <laughs> I don't really like spiders. <laughs> No, she's a shut-in. She doesn't leave her house. I mean, if you've got a big house, that sounds wonderful. Alright, can we make our way to the Quarrel Mansion, please? I suppose. Mm -hmm. You guys, through a little bit of uh, just casually asking the people who are still awake in town, um you easily find right in the dead center of town. I think I may have pointed that out before. Just my man. That it's the it's the big stupid yep. The big teal one right in the center of town. Right in the biggest center of town baby right there. Um so you guys easily kind of get the directions pointed to you from these poor exhausted people. Um and after just a couple minutes, uh you do notice there's about five uh, Cuddybot, uh, guarding the front entrance of this mansion. And just a big, big, giant door, wooden, thick-ass door, kind of Nick's and Thrym reminds you of, uh, Mason's mansion, with its, with its, like, very reinforced build. Like, this thing was meant to take a lot of punishment and keep the people inside protected. Um, the Cuddybots kind of look at you as you walk by, but as you get closer to, to the door, uh, none of them seem to react other than just kind of, like, glancing at you. And it's a very cold... Like, they don't look you up and down like a lot of guards will and kind of see if you're carrying weapons. It's a, they just look at your face and then just move to the other person's face and the other person's face. And then they'll, like, go back to, like, a neutral uh, forward position. So it's like a motion-activated security camera. Hmm. Alright, so now we've gotten to the gate or to the door? Just to the, the door, there's no gate. Alright, so I'm gonna knock on the door a few times. Sure. This is, um, a, this is a house I wouldn't mind living in and never going outside. Very nice house. Very large. 
feel like yeah. you would get lost. I get lost in my shop sometimes. I feel like I'm going to be lost for days next time I go back. It's been... I don't know how long it's been, actually. Yeah, time is weird in the fire plane. I also don't have a calendar, so... Could you read a calendar if you had one? Yeah, it's just numbers! It's a lot of numbers. It's like one, two, three... I'm gonna keep going through numbers until someone answers, responds to the door. <laughs> so you get to about twelve when the, <laughs> the giant door creaks open and a an elderly human just very wearily kind of like pokes his head out and looks at all of you. Yes, what is it? Good day, sir. We seek an audience with the matron of the house. Oh, um... What, what business is this? We seek to resolve the problem that is plaguing this town. Wondered if she might have any insight. Hmm. Might actually get her to think a little bit. When... Come in, come in. Thank you. No, it's probably good that he answered the door when he did. I can't count past 16. How old is Cax? 16. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that in character or are you asking me? I'm asking you. How old is Cax? Oh, Cax is 13. Oh, okay. So he, he can count higher than... He, he can count to his age and a little beyond. He's counting all his fingers and toes. <laughs> Actually, yes! <laughs> that would be 16. Now that I'm thinking about it, that is 16. <laughs> Five on each hand and three toes. Each. Every morning it's 17 and we don't know why. <laughs> I like that. That was good. <laughs> so, as you guys go in, this, this place is definitely more hoity-toity it's not the uh it's not the grand sultan's mansion and it is not the greenleaf lectern but it is of very rich taste the there's a little bit of like some sort of music being echoed throughout the main hallway that you're in it looks like this place is mainly decorated by plant so you're seeing a lot of greenery and a lot of flowers a lot of hanging plants that drape down Almost look like curtains in some areas that go into some other rooms. You hear uh, some talking coming from the, the chamber in front of you that has a door cracked open. Um, and you're walking next to this kind of elderly human and he's wearing like this kind of like, you get the impression it's a, probably a uniform. It's kind of wrinkled, however. Um, and, but he's keeping pace with you guys, even though he, he definitely looks exhausted just like everyone else. And he kind of leans over to you next. He's just so you're aware. Her daughter recently died. Um, she kind of just sits there while the rest of us kind of help with the business and plan. And she does go out for council work occasionally once a week. But besides that, she barely eats. She barely sleeps. Well, just like everybody else, apparently. Um... Just don't be too offended if she doesn't respond to you. She kind of just sits there. I understand. He brings you guys over and opens the door that's open a crack. And you see a group of other um, assortment of male humans sitting at like almost like a, a 
a circular table and they all kind of are like pointing at papers and of course they're looking exhausted taking drinks of water uh one of them is just sitting there and he looks like he's like half asleep and they all kind of stop and look at you for a second and then they go back and, and as you guys are going and you're over here in conversations about uh quotas with the mines and how they're dangerously low and one person actually wonders if they could hire a couple of the of the guards to go up to the mines to help with production to keep the quotas up. Um, and you guys are now approaching the the circular table. Um, and you can this older older woman kind of looks up and she she's wearing black and this long frilly dress. And it's kind of like slumped in her chair. And she just kind of glances up at all of you and looks all of you. She has like red bloodshot eyes. Looks like she's cried recently. And with the telltale body language of being exhausted. And she just kind of stares at you all. Good day, ma'am. I apologize for interrupting your meeting. Uh, we're relatively new to town and couldn't help but notice that there seems to be something plaguing the people of this city. We simply ask if you might have any insight as to what might be causing it. And she, like, looks at all of you and kind of squints her eyes a little bit. Um, I'll have you roll a persuasion check for me. Double check that modifier. Never use it. Right. <laughs> Usually it's more aggressive talk <laughs> than regular persuasion. 21. 21. She speaks something ra very, like, raspy. And she, like, raises an arm and, like, kind of, like, tells you to, like, come over to her. I will walk over. And the, all the other guys immediately stop talking and kind of look for a second, and then they look at her, and they immediately get back to work, and you, throughout the walking, you're they're, they're still just chatting about, like, now logistics, about getting stuff to Mithril Hall. And she just leans over and whispers in your ear. She is sitting, right? She's sitting, yeah. I'm actually going to kneel next to her chair. Okay. So that I'm eye level with her and she leans over I see her every night she comes to my bedroom stares at me and then leaves she's in torment it has to be her my baby girl's doing this to the town. And as she says that, like, more tears start streaming down her face. My dear, I didn't want to overstep my bounds, but I had heard a rumor. We came across the information that your daughter had recently perished. And she we had, nods. We had come across a rumor that it was her that was causing this plague. Do you have any advice for how we could put her spirit to rest? 
And as you say that, like, she begins to break down at this point, and there's, like, in, in like, underneath the throat, you can hear, like, the welling of, like, her trying to staunch back, like, going into hysterics over crying. She goes, we, we, we put her in the crypt until we could get a proper burial. It hasn't happened yet. I don't know. She was such a sweet girl. Always wanted to help out her mother and her late father. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what you could do. But we would forever be in your debt. If you could somehow put her spirit to rest. Do you think that a proper burial with the blessing of a god might help her put her might help put her to rest? Place doesn't necessarily go aligned with the gods. These people in Mirabar they rely on each other and industry and manpower to solve their problems. We only have one church in town and the cleric, last cleric we had died ten years ago. If you could do something like that, that that very well might work. We're, we're not religious people, but maybe something like that could work. Anything. We, myself, and my group are followers of a god who seeks equality amongst the peoples of this realm. I will try everything I can to give her a proper burial and put an end to this. But I cannot deny the reality and I will need your permission. If things go awry and we must defend ourselves against our malevolent spirit, do we have your permission if we must defile your daughter's body? She very shakily takes an arm and like wipes away a tear. My Dawn wouldn't want to hurt anyone she's if she is truly doing this to the town this isn't something she would actively want to do i'd like to imagine she's the type of girl who would want to go in and do the same thing you're trying to do i think she would understand then i have your blessing do do what you must the Everyone is suffering. She is suffering. We need to do something to end this. We need closure. With this happening, there's there's no closure for me. There's no closure for anybody. I too have suffered loss, so I understand. We will do whatever we can to put your mind at ease and Dawn's heart at rest. And should we succeed 
let the people know that it was the redeemed that helped them. The, the redeemed. Yes. Very well. I will, uh, I'll speak to the members of the council as well. I, if this happens, due recompense will be distributed to you. We appreciate that. Maybe a matter of the heart, but I still understand that the world revolves around money. It's an unfortunate reality, but we do need it to buy our supplies. Well, go with my blessing. Be careful in the crypts. I know very similar to the guards around here, the, the rather industrious dwarves have placed sentries in the crypts to keep them from being robbed of their goods. Thank you. That's exactly the kind of insight I need for this kind of thing. Good luck and be well. One last question. Yes. I've noticed your home is adorned in flowers and plants. What was Dawn's favorite? Mm. And she like smiles and she points over and there's this uh, giant vase and she points to the flowers inside. She goes yellow roses. Do you mind if I take a few for the burial? Please, by all means. Thank you, madam. I'll get up. I'll grab Say like five roses. Okay. A tiny small bouquet. By your leave, madam. We will head out at once and see what we can do to give your daughter a proper burial. And she actually gets up and all of the men around the table like almost gasp at the sudden movement. And she walks over and just takes your hand and like squeezes it gently. And I'll take her hand up and kiss the back of her hand. Ooh. Very gentlemanly. Hey, Nix may not know romance, but he knows etiquette. He does. And we'll be right back after this quick break. And we are back. So the uh, the elderly gentleman that escorted you over uh, is also escorting you out of the building. And he uh, just actually bows to you all as he opens the large door to the outside. It's, thank you for getting through to her. She's been unresponsive for days. Maybe we'll it's actually get her to eat something today. I... For her sake, I hope so. Yes, well, good luck in your endeavors. Thank you. And as he closes the door on you, to see him give off this big yawn. And the the cutty bots once again just like look at you, and then just immediately go to about face. Shall we head straight to the crypt then? Yep. I don't think we need to uh, seek out a gnome councilman. That seems like we're pretty good. Two of the three council people know what we're up to. Shouldn't run into any trouble. We have permission to do whatever we have to. I would like to try a proper burial because if we can do a proper burial and 
I know it's not his thing, but get Varun's blessing on it. We might end up with an entire town of followers with a god that was able to assist in putting this problem to rest. Now, before we uh, we go up there and realize the issue there, does anyone have a shovel? <laughs> Fuck. I That's don't. what I thought. Max is going to start walking towards the blacksmith. <laughs> now, shovel time. My idea of this was not necessarily to bury her. She's already in a crypt, but giving her a proper burial means giving her a proper ceremony. That's that's where I was going with this. Mm-hmm. Cax is going to stop and turn around. Is anyone following him? I have a feeling Cax just kind of walked off while we were discussing this. <laughs> well, Key asked if anyone had a shovel and Cax looked around. Nobody said anything and he shrugged and started walking. Like, I'm going to go buy a shovel. You know what? A sh- shovel can't be the worst thing to have anyway. I'm just going to go pick one up with uh, Cax anyway. So, um... Like, he really... He wasn't stopping to make sure everyone was coming. He was stopping to see if anyone was coming. And he's going to keep going. But he he was like, I guess I'm going alone. (laughs) Just kept walking. I'm going to jog after Cax, turn back to Nixon through him and say, Meet you guys at the crypt. We're getting shovels. Let's just go with him. I don't know. Unless... They could they could get the shovels. I feel like you and I should go to the crypt and make sure there are no guards that are going to try to stop us. I mean, make we sure. Could, but it seems like everybody around here is pretty much asleep. Yeah, let's just go with them. It's never a good idea to split the party. Yeah. E, do you think? Do you think if I whacked whacked a uh, uh, one of those art uh, art uh, uh, the Autobot thingies with a shovel, it would it would be knocked out. Do you think I'm, they're conscious? I had lived with a Warforged a while back, and he's depending on how hard you hit it. I mean, the one I knew could take a hit pretty damn well, but he was a fang with me. So, how do they work? Couldn't tell you, really. I'm. Hmm. I'm me and my other friends weren't going to cut open a, the you know the fourth friend to figure it out. Automagically. Got yeah. it. All right. So you guys headed to the the Fern Forges? Yeah, the that conversation up? that conversation sure. was going on as I was walking. Okay. All right. So <laughs> potentially passing one of the guards and thinking that out loud a few like a couple dozen feet away from him. That way he doesn't think that I'm about to clock one with a shovel to find out. <laughs> uh, I recorded my handy dandy little research here. So for the sake of uh, expediting just another transaction, you guys go up to the shopkeeper again. Um, you're looking for one or two or 20? Um, probably, probably one that's like half size okay that way cax doesn't have to try to hoist himself to the other end of it just to get the leverage all right <laughs> and drive then... it into the ground climb up the pole hang onto the handle and lean back 
that, Joe. Uh, that's all I could think of was just lean back. Lean back. <laughs> and then, Q, are you getting one too? Yeah, I'll, I'll get a shovel. Alright, so that, that whole transaction just cost two gold. All right. So whoever, whoever wants to pony up that. I got it. Cool. Uh, okay. I'm not going to argue with free items. Um, and while you're there, you do in a very quick, like, uh, geography lesson of the town, discover that the crypt is very close to the forges, uh, just to the southwest of your location. Oh, I thought it was on the other side of town. Cool. Alright. So we're here, correct? No, you guys are here. Okay. So yeah, we're at the forges right now. I thought the forge was down here for some reason. No, that's, as, the slum, that's the slums, buddy. You don't want to go there. Actually, the maybe left. maybe, maybe Cax would like to go there. That's... I've got to know, what the fuck are these that's... dilapidated buildings? Uh, I'll ask around if I have to. You could if you go to that side of town. You don't have a map, per se. Okay. This is more just a visual representation for you guys, but you guys don't know about that part of town. If you this is the crypt, I'll end up seeing dilapidated buildings. You will, eventually. yes. Yep. And as, I'll ask about them. As we're walking to the crypts, I'm just going to like look down at Nex and go, do you even know how to give a proper burial? Not in the slightest. <laughs> Great. But I figure some kind of proper ceremony say a few nice words, offer the roses, kind of... I don't know, soul's kind of like the mind, I guess. Put her, put the soul at rest, and maybe the spirit will go away. Figure it's worth a shot, and if not, we have the permission to fuck it up if we have to. Mm, true. I had to cover all our bases. Well, as long as there's no guards around her, we should just show her the little thing I little gift I have for her in the bag of holding. Well, that was an option. I figure maybe as part of the ceremony we show her that we have achieved her vengeance and her killer. If that was her vengeance, maybe she was just unha just as unhappy as he was. I hate retconning thing, but as soon as we started talking about the dead body of Orin... I switch to Elvish. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Next, are you are you feeling okay? Yeah. Why? Like halfway through talking, there you just started spouting gibberish. Kind of worried yeah. about you, buddy. Started smelling toast too. DM, can I smell toast? <laughs> uh, no. Huh. It's pretty, uh, as you get away from the forges, like the, uh, the kind of occasional, like, sulfur smell and the smell of, like, hot forges drifts away and you kind of, uh, you smell a little bit of, uh, freshly baking bread, but not toast. Huh. I would like to just kind of keep my eyes open to see if we're being followed by anybody just because. Sure, yeah, roll a perception check. With my passive, do I notice anybody following us? Uh, no one seems to be paying too close attention. The only people you're seeing are 
uh, dozy people and a, like a couple cutty bots uh, kind of going up and down the strip. You uh, are leaving now because you're heading towards the crypt. I, ro I rolled a 12, so... Okay, yeah, because I would assume you guys are like just directly beelining it this way. Yeah. Um, so as you approach it, you don't see anybody watching you. Um, Even with his increased vantage point? Yep. Yeah, there's nobody farting around. Well, there's people farting around, but they're not paying attention to you. Um, so you, you kind of find like a, a little bit of a, a horseshoe-shaped graveyard, and in the back there seems to be a very large crypt. And above it seems to be something in, in dwarvish uh, writing. And the rest of the graves seem to mostly be in common with a couple of uh, elvish names on them, but mostly human and elvish. The uh, the, the crypt itself has like a, a, a portcullis gate on it that opens up left and right instead of up and down. Just the, the shape of it reminds you of that. Um, and it looks like there's... Someone slumped up against the crypt. Uh, at this distance, you can't tell if they are alive or dead. As we're walking through, can I see if I can spot any gravestones or anything that say quarrel on them? Quarrel on them? Yeah, roll perception, uh, roll investigation check as you're walking. You can't read Elvish, right? No. I can read Elvish. Can you read Elvish? What the fuck is yeah. Stone Giant reading Elvish for? It is one of his selective languages. What the yeah. fuck? You're a fucking weirdo. It comes <laughs> along with being a slave of elves. A slave by the drow. Hold on. Uh, you said investigation, right? Uh, yes. 19. 19. There are no quarrels that you're coming across here. Um... Through that investigation and kind of thinking back, you get the impression that with the wealth that they have, uh, they would probably look to bury the body uh, somewhere more prominent uh, rather than uh, a commoner's graveyard, so to speak. Right. Do you see a large building that looks like a crypt? I like um, to bury them bodies in them crypts. That's all I'm saying. As we go walking by... Um, Cax is going to keep his eye open for any symbols that may or may not be Thieves' Camp. Oh, sure. Ooh, that's right. You can look for that. Mm -hmm. Very sure. nice. Very nice. Very nice. So you you look at them, and, and, and that's just a thing you can recognize on site, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, roll... I guess if you're looking for that, roll an investigation. He's like knocking over headstones. <laughs> yeah, he's like looking underneath him and placing them back. <laughs> All right, I rolled an 18 minus 2 is 16. Okay. As far as you can tell, this place is very meticulously kept. Um, you can't recognize anything that would be like on the down low, like etched into the side of anything like that. It looks like this, this place is uh, pretty much on the up and up of uh, no ne'er-do-wellers. Uh, frequent this place. Okay. That's um, going to be something that Cax keeps his eye open for cool. in, in okay. the future. Um, okay, yeah. My passive investigation's eight, so it's not great. <laughs> but... No, it's fine. No, it's good, uh, good for you to remind me, too, so I can keep that in mind. Yeah, um, whenever I... we walk through buildings or alleyways, I'll make note of it, or make mention of it. 
Um, you guys are mostly to the crypt now, and you can see that it's a, uh, a human male uh, slumped over. He, he looks like very much commoner's clothes, and you all, the whoever's leading the charge here, I'm assuming Thrym, because he was kind of jumping in, uh, you can uh, hear uh, faint snoring coming from this person. I'll just try and walk right by him. Okay. And the uh, the, the portcullis gate itself uh, doesn't seem to have a lock on it, and it looks like it's a stairwell that goes down, and then it looks like it curves to the left. And it's it's on the larger side, Thrym. To get down here, you do have to duck down a little bit. Um, and it kind of goes to, like, the top of your head key, but everyone else will have a nice, comfortable descent into this crypt. It does seem when you're looking down there, Thrym, it does look like there is some sort of illumination down there uh, coming from around the leftern bend. All right, so once I get down to the bottom, I'm going to stop. Down, like, all the way down the stairs? Uh, to where it gets illuminated. Oh, okay, cool. So it looks like as you get down the first set of stairs and then it'll go to the left, it looks like it opens up into a room and you can tell by how the light is shifting that there are like some sort of uh, flame down there that's kind of like playing with the light a little bit. But it's it's brightly illuminated down there. Can I like glance around in that room to see if I can see any more guards? Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty straight hallway. It looks as you kind of like duck down to kind of see where like the... the the stairwell kind of drifts off. It's a it's a pretty tall ceiling uh, for going down such a length. You uh, you're seeing uh, a bunch of statues on each side, and it looks like in between the statues are are lit braziers that are just kind of illuminating the room. All right, I'll keep going then. Sure. What's the rest of y'all folks doing? Ooh, following behind Thrym. Okay. I'll bring uh, up the rear. Well, that puts me in my place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so marching order is uh, Thrym. Nick, you're right behind. Yeah. He and Cax are the back. Okay. Um. So as you all get down on the on the left side of the room are all the fire braziers. Uh, my mistake if I said they're on both sides. And a line of statues. And these statues are huge. And Thrym, you've been in enough buildings and, and kind of can discover the intent of such buildings. You get the impression that below the statues are like the burial spot. And almost all of these are dwarven. And it looks like maybe in this stretch of hallway, because it looks like there is like uh, an oval hallway that now bends to the right um all the ones here that looks like three of them are uh human the rest of them are dwarven all right i'm just do i see any like names written anywhere uh yeah you see uh how far down do you want to go down this uh, uh just chamber? I'll, I'll just keep walking and looking on either side as i go okay um, you're noticing the, the three names. They're actually prominently written on the bottom of the statues. So those three are, are readable if you'd like to read those. Uh, what language are they written in? Uh, they're, the human ones are written in common, 
and then there are some that you presume are written in Dwarven. I'll read the common ones then. Okay. So you've got uh, the first one that shows up is it's knocked over a speaker. Uh, Bashim Grizzly Slayer. The second one is Garth Starwinds. Tell him reading off a generator here. And you walk a little bit further down, and right as you begin reading the first name of Shem, uh, you begin to hear metallic footsteps coming from the bend up in front of you. And you see now there's a shadow uh, being cast upon whatever's coming down towards you. Okay. I'll draw thunder and prepare myself for whatever's coming. Okay. Uh, the rest of you presumably see this happening too. So you how, see Thrym. How close is it? The, from where Thrym is to where the, the oval entrance is that bends around the corner is maybe like 20 feet. Uh, also, what type of... Uh, the area around me, what's it made out of? It is... It, it seems to be made out of like a basic... Uh, cobblestone on the floor with very fine polished stone for the walls and like a domed uh, ceiling. Okay. And what are the statues made out of? The statues uh, seem to just be made out of like quarry stone. Nothing too fancy or like out of the way, not like slate or anything. It's just basic quarry stone that they probably grabbed from the nearby hillside. All right, I want to duck behind one of the statues and try and blend in with it. Okay. And yeah. with my stone camouflage, give me advantage on that check. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, go for that. Okay. So all three of you see Thrym go to duck. Well, thank God I rolled with advantage. The second one was a natural one. And Ooh. the first one was a natural four. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, with stealth in mind, so that's a six in total. Okay, sure. <laughs> so, you just very quickly kind of dart off to the side. Uh, Keycax and Nyx, uh, you see him duck off. As now, the, now you all hear this clung, clung. It's very metallic hitting stone. And right around the corner, there seems to be some sort of very large. Uh, Dwarvish-style automaton uh, that Thrym, you look at it and it's very brightly lit in this room. It looks very similar but more polished and organized to the Dwarven automaton that grabbed you in Gontelgrim. Are there... Oh, I any, love that. Are there any dark spots or, like, places where shadows are cast? Uh, the room. only place there seems to be a couple of the statues that don't have braziers in between them. That seem to be the only spot. So you want to kind of duck behind one of those? Yeah, I'm going to try to duck behind one of the statues there. Okay. Using my size to my advantage in that case. Sure. Uh, Key and Nyx? I also rolled like shit on my stealth. Fuck. I'm going to stand out in the middle of the hall. I ain't okay. Moving. Sure. I matched you, Thrym, six. Ooh. I uh, rolled a natural three, so I'm right in between you. But... <laughs> is the I golem was so in... mad. Is the golem in sight? 
It is, yes. It's about it's about from you where you were standing because you haven't taken your action as everyone else is kind of scattered at this point. It's probably like 35, 40 feet away from you. It doesn't it 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 doesn't like it isn't like turning a head towards you and is like walking. It seems to be following a patrol route, is the impression you get. Okay. I'm gonna step forward. And I'm going to call out to it. Okay, you call out to it, and it immediately stops. And then you hear, like, almost gears. So you hear click, 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 as it turns its head to face you. And what on do behalf, you say to it? On behalf of Priscilla Quarrel, we have come to lay to rest the body and spirit of Don Quarrel. Will you let us pass? And does anyone hear? You begin to hear an, uh, a hollowed out neutral voice come emanating from this, and it echoes from the inside of this thing. You hear, uh, and does anyone speak dwarvish here? No. I think so. Speak draconic. You, <laughs> you just hear like these very sharp like almost discernible like words and dialects that you've heard from from dwarves um but it seems in towards the end of its speaking i'm not even going to attempt that at 2:26 in the morning uh it seems to be asking a question to you we have come with no ill intent and where are you standing in relation to key standing out in the middle of the hallway uh I presume I'm standing in the middle of the hallway facing this thing. Okay. Probably be like five or ten feet back behind him from the marching order. Yeah, because I stepped forward to speak to it. So, after you say that, it, it as far as you can tell, it repeated the exact same phrase it had said before. Spit some Elvish at it. You'll spit that dialect. No. So you hear like more clicks and a little bit of like a, a whir, like something beginning to build up. Uh, the arm comes down, or I'm sorry, comes up. And from inside the arm, this long blade just ching, like pops up as if a spring had sprung it. And you hear it make like this like loud grinding whir noise. Um, Cax, Nyx, Key, and Thrym from across the hallway you hear a rumble and the stones begin to fall into the hallway and immediately busting out from the wall is another one of the automatons followed by these metallic arms that you hear tink 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 as a mechanical spider-like creature as tall as Cax comes crawling out of the rubble as well. And that's where we will leave tonight.